Hey, you're listening to Oasis Church, NJ.com. We're a brand new contemporary Christian church located at 1180 Spruce Drive in Mountainside, New Jersey. Our services are at 11 a.m. each Sunday morning. Come check us out. Now, I have stated my side very frankly. Let's look at your side. (laughs) Young man, 27, 28, married, making, say, 40 a week. 45. 45. 45. Out of which, after supporting your mother and paying your bills, you're able to keep, say, 10 if you skimp. A child or two comes along and you won't even be able to save the 10. Now, if this young man of 28 was a common, ordinary yokel, I say he was doing fine. But George Bailey is not a common, ordinary yokel. He is an intelligent, smart, ambitious young man who hates his job, who hates the building and loan almost as much as I do. A young man who's been dying to get out on his own ever since he was born. A young man, the smartest one in the crowd, mind you. A young man who has to sit by and watch his friends go places because he's trapped. Yes, sir, trapped into frittering his life away, playing nursemaid to a lot of garlic eaters. Do I paint a correct picture? Or do I exaggerate? Well, what's your point, Mr. Potter? My point? My point is I want to hire you. Hire me? Yeah, I want you to manage my affairs, run my properties. George, I'll start you out at $20,000 a year. $20,000 a year? You wouldn't mind living in the nicest house in town, buying your wife a lot of fine clothes, a couple of business trips to New York a year, maybe once in a while Europe. You wouldn't mind that, would you, Jones? Would I? You're not talking to somebody else around here, are you? You know, this is me. You remember me? George Bailey. George Bailey. George Bailey, whose ship has just come in. Provided he has enough brains to climb aboard. <laughs> Holy mackerel. Well, how about the building loan? Oh, confounded man, are you afraid of success? I'm offering you a three years contract at $20,000 a year starting today. Is it a deal or isn't it? You know, how many saw It's a Wonderful Life, guys, during the Christmas time? A, a bunch of us, many of us saw It's a Wonderful Life. And all I, all I could do is when I was younger, I would be going, take the job, take the job, you dope. What's the matter with you? Are you crazy? He's making, what, $40, a, $45 a week? Can you, by the way, can you imagine $20,000 a year? Uh, that's 10 times the amount. So if you're making minimum wage today, that's like $300 a week. That's like my, my genius uh, son, who's a mathematics crazy guy. He says that's $156,000 a year. So you're going from like $300 a week to $156,000 a year. And here, if you know about George Bailey, he's going to come home and his wife's going to be embedded. She's going to be like George Bailey Lasso Stork, which means he's about to have a kid. He lives in a rundown house. He's like, uh, you know... It's the depression time going on, and um, I mean, just think about it. The opportunity of a lifetime, he's offering him that. And there's that tension there. And why are we talking about this? Not just because it's Christmas time. 
our week this week is we're talking about how to avoid some of the biggest mistakes we make in life is uh, sometimes our own jobs, life decisions that can be so important. Some of us right now are about to make a life decision that's going to affect your relationships with each other. Some of us right now, maybe you're thinking about relocating. Maybe you've had an opportunity of a lifetime. Maybe you're desperate for a job and you're thinking, man, I've got to grab anything that just comes along because it's tough out there. We have 10% unemployment rate and it's going to get worse. And we're thinking, man, how, what are we going to do? And this whole week is about how to avoid making those bad decisions. Because, you know, sometimes that wonderful upward mobile position uh, that you're get, you may get, Think of this guy. I mean, he's going from nothing almost to to something amazing. Uh, It would have affected his relationships. It would have immediately put him at odds with all those garlic eaters that he's talking. By the way, I'm one of those garlic eaters. Who loves garlic in this room? All right, we'll go out later for pizza. How's that? All right? You like that? it would affect probably his relationship with his family and, and, and maybe his relationship with his God because this guy Potter, if you know the story, is like he's not too cool. He's like a, a crook. He's a bad guy. He's like a Scrooge of the area. And so it would affect his whole life making that, that, that simple job change. And so before you do anything, you don't have to, we're talking about jobs today. And I know some of you guys are in school. I don't, you don't even, you're like, you know, a kid. Or whatever, uh, it could fill in the blank. It could be like your next college application. It could be that next relationship. It could be anything you could possibly think of that will affect your your relationships. And a lot of times, like myself at an earlier age, it's funny because when we were first married in 1984, I got shh, good thing I got that date right. <laughs> In 1984, the both of us together, we put our income together. I remember watching this for one of the first times. Because I, I, like, I, I didn't really get into it much earlier on. And together, we made $20,000. And you were $8,000, I was $12,000. Don't forget it. <laughs> but um, we were saying, $20,000, we make that now. <laughs> you know. But, you know... Before we, we're going to be in James chapter 4. We're going to talk about how to avoid making those, those bad decisions regarding jobs or anything else in our life, life uh, decisions. Because very often, very often we just jump at those things. If, in 1984, if someone offered me 10 times the amount of 20000 I'm out of there, baby. I'm going no matter what. And I, I believe in my church. I believe in my, my, the, the New Jersey that I love. People out of New Jersey, sorry. I just, I'm a Jersey dude. I love Jersey, you know. Can we have a hand for Jersey? Come on. <laughs> it always gets picked on. <laughs> and I think it's a great place to live. Um, but I would have been jumping at that. And, but not so, you know. Uh, not so today because I want you balance everything out and you bounce things out. And that's what we're going to talk about today in, in James. And I want to share a quick story, a personal thing. Um, two quick things. Um, there was this couple, and some of you guys know the couple, uh, one from our old church where we used to go uh, before we came to start Oasis, and their names were, were Jessica and Darren. And I, I talked to, uh, uh, I called her yesterday to get the okay to share this, so I'm not giving anything away. But these folks, I met them through court 
when I used to work at court, and they were both heroin addicts. And we invited them to this thing called Alpha, which is like an awesome thing. We're going to do that here in, in probably sometime in the, in, the, in the winter or spring. And you just have dinners together. You get to know people. And I say, hey, why don't you just come on out? They weren't believers in their spiritual journey. They were like far from that. They had records and so forth and so on. That's how I met them. And they came out and they were very close and very afraid. And, you know, when you see a dysfunctional family, they had two little kids. They weren't married, but they were living together. Two little precious kids. And just that dysfunction going on, it just breaks your heart because you see, you know what's coming up. If you're, if you're two dysfunctional people and you're in a relationship and you don't have Jesus in your life and you're raising kids and this world is hard enough, guess what's going to happen to those kids? Uh, so it was sad, but we got to know that little by little, it's amazing how God works. Little by little, we saw almost like a chisel. We saw like life coming out of that, that emptiness. And one day at the end of, uh, it's a 10 week course. And part of the course, believe it or not, you go away for a weekend. And we took them to a hotel. Uh, the whole, the, all of us go to a hotel or wherever we go for this retreat, a weekend retreat to learn about the Holy Spirit. And in there, in the middle of a bar at 2 o'clock in the morning, my, Lydia and I were there, and they, they both prayed to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. It was an amazing moment. And, and then they started um, getting transformed. They started getting involved in the church. And then they started coming out. And, uh, you know, the kids, they, they, they look cleaner, they look better. You know, when you have Jesus in your life, good things happen. Good things happen. And, but, but what happened is one day, a Darren came to me and said, you know, I got a job. Uh, I, I'm a, I'm, he's a metal scrapper. And he goes, it's Sunday. It's a great job. And, um, well, for him, it was a great job. I mean, I, I can't picture. But my son says metal scrapping is pretty good. Pretty good money in metal scrapping. But um, besides that, he says, you know, um, so I'm sorry. I can't make it out uh, on Sunday. And I said, that's cool. I mean, it's not, it's not about Sunday, guys, all right? It's not about Sunday. It's about relationships. That's the key I want to bring in. We're not being legalistic here. But what happened is because he couldn't drive and they only had one car, guess what? That meant Jessica and the kids couldn't come out either. That meant little by little, the very thing that brought them life, the very thing that gave them um, something in their life that gave them hope, Jesus and this relationship, this protection of, of, of God's family was totally taken away because, because they weren't there to, to partake in that. And what happened is they eventually edged back into their old life. And they both ended up getting locked up again. And they both ended up in trouble with the law. And they hit rock bottom again because that happened. And I'm not picking on them, but you know, on myself... About six years ago, I wanted to, um, we were a family, we were not a wealthy family by any means. And I, all I wanted to do was have a, a, we used to go to this, believe it or not, an LBI off belt. We couldn't afford LBI. We went off the island in this little, uh, what's it called, Scrubby Pines campground. And they had like one little room. Can you imagine one little log cabin with, f- with five people? That's very romantic, right? <laughs> We'll, we'll, we'll touch about that next next time in our other uh, series on uh, romance. But um, <laughs> so all I wanted to do was get something to make some more money. I had a regular job. I wanted to make more money so I could get something for the family to enjoy. Good, noble thing, right? Very noble. 
And uh, it's amazing how things that start out noble, it's amazing that how things that look so no-brainer stupid, come on, do it. Oh, stupid, sorry, whoever doesn't like that word, I apologize. It's amazing how you can look at something and say, this is an amazing thing, and then somehow the very thing you want it to happen is the exact opposite that happens. Because what happened is I, I, I started this online blog, and by the way, Oasis Church started as an online relationship blog. Yeah, we get over 100,000 visits a month. The minute we talk, we actually have a worldwide audience of 7,000 weekly listeners. But in the beginning, when I wanted to try to make money online through this blog, I spent hours and hours on it, and guess what happened? I ripped my family out of my life to the point that my kid, I would ignore, I had my back literally turned, I would be in the same room working on the computer, my back would be literally turned away from them. I didn't realize it was happening. It was like a, a lobster cooking in a, in a pot of boiling water. I didn't realize I was being cooked in that way until one day my, my kids came to me and said, you know, you're never around for us. You're always on that stupid computer. You're always doing this, this, this thing. And I go, but I'm doing it for you. And they didn't want, they wanted me. They didn't want that. Even though that they wanted that, but the most important thing is relationship. And, and I, I apologize to them. I, and I, I still have a, you know, I still, being a church planner is crazy. But, uh, you know, I, I, I'm working on that relationship. And so I just want to share a little personal thing because it was very painful for me to see, have my kids say, hey, you're not in my life because you're on that stupid computer. And it was all because of this great opportunity because I saw a great opportunity to, to make money online that way. Amazing. Today we're in James chapter 4. and You have your guide right there. We're going to talk about how to avoid some of these same crazy uh, decisions uh, that, you know, that maybe I made. And... Um, Basically, I want you to picture uh, in James, he's talking to the church that's been dispersed, mostly Jewish believers. There was persecution in Jerusalem. And what happened is they were scattered because of the persecution. And now they're in different lands and they're doing really well for themselves. And James is an in-your-face kind of dude. So if you're looking for like, you know, like say it nicely, you're not going to get it from James. <laughs> James is the kind of person, <clears throat> the brother of Jesus. Again, remember, growing up with God, right? The brother of Jesus, and he just says it like it is. He says, hey, you, you, you know, you, you're going after things of the world. You become an enemy with God. We, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Now he's saying, he's picturing the situation, and we're going to, it's kind of like listening in. We're kind of like mice listening in to this conversation. And he says in, in verse, uh, uh, chapter 4, verse 13, because what happened is, is there's a lot of business opportunities going on, apparently, in this, in this church. And he's saying, come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we're going to go to such and such a place. And we're going to set up shop and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. And if you see here, what's going on is there's this opportunity. There's this like, there's this like George Bailey kind of moment going on. And by the way... All of us in our lives are going to be in touch with a George Bailey moment. You're going to have a George Bailey moment where you're going to have to decide in your heart 
And we know what George Bailey, by the way, didn't take that job. For those of you that didn't see that 10,000 times like I did, he didn't take the job because he, he shook the guy's hand and he goes, I can't deal with this guy because it would like rip my heart out. It'd be, it would take away who I really am. But we're all going to be in, involved in a moment like that. And what James is talking about here is picture this, this, these people talking about, hey, there's a great opportunity. We're going to, and they come up with this business plan of sorts. We're going to do something. And you can follow along in your notes. Basically, um, you know, you can follow through the next slide. And basically, they pick the, the time. You know, we're going we're gonna to pick the time. They choose the time of, of doing it. You know, we're going to go today, maybe tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow we'll do this. They pick the location. You know anything about business? Location, 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 right? That's, the, that's where the name of the game. Uh, location. People told us, speaking of churches, same thing. People said, don't come here. This is crazy. You're meeting in a church, in a church. You're off the, you know, beaten path. And you're in this crazy room here. Who's going to come to this place? But God does miracles, right? Amen. Amen. So they picked a location. They even like picked their target. They picked their target. They limit their stay. We're going to do a year. Literally, that's what it means in the Greek. I'm going to do a year. And then they, uh, they project their profits. They, they define their market. It's great business plan these guys have, right? By the way, that word for business in, this, in the, if you have ESV or NIV, or, it's the same word in Greek. It literally is the word where we get emporium. There's like an emporium, you know, an emporium is a place you sell things, you make it. So these guys were talking business. And when you say, come, though, in that verse, you can go back to the verse where it says, come, those who say. The, the idea here in that word is that they actually thought about this thing. It wasn't something that they just didn't think about. Because as you can see, there's like an intense, they really gave it a little thought. Those of you who say, that word for say, they thought about it. They researched it. They looked it out. It sounds darn good to me. What do you guys think? It sounds good to me. <laughs> but James is about to get into it, why it's not good. And, and this is what we want to apply to our own lives. And the reason is this. The problem is the plans, if you notice, the plans excluded God. The plan, it was a great plan. There's nothing wrong with it in and of itself. You know, God is not a God... Prophet, there's nothing wrong with prophet in the, in the Bible. In fact, God says, you know, he's looking for us to make profit. It's okay to be successful in life. We're not saying that. Please don't make that mistake. Um, it's okay to plan. In fact, it says in Proverbs 16, uh, 3, it says plan, but make sure it's the Lord. It says commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. It's okay to have a plan, but you need, we need to commit it to the Lord. It's like having all this cool, these cool ideas. And, but if we don't commit it to the Lord or we run ahead of him, disaster follows. It's just, it's just the way it is. Disaster follows. And, you know, bad life decisions flow from some false assumptions. We all, we all make these false assumptions. One is that life is uh, basically stable, that life is basically predictable. And that, you know, what happened yesterday... It's going to happen tomorrow. And that's simply not how life works, is it? I mean, we could think certain things. And in our minds, even though we know this is true, you know, in our minds, um, we, we, we don't live like this. The second thing is that life is, is long. And um, 
Many of us feel invincible. The younger you are, I think you feel a little more invincible. I think. Um, but even still, you go in life, things are going along. You look at the average lifespan, it's about 80 in the United States nowadays. About 80, is it? About 80. You're thinking, well, whatever the bad stuff happens to someone else, the person who got in that car wreck in, 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 uh, over the holiday week, it's not going to happen to me. Cancer, no, it's not going to happen to me. Um, and we live as if we have all this time in the world and so forth and so on. And, and James says that's a horrible mistake to, to be in. In fact, um, he says in the next verse, you could go on. He says in the next verse, he says this. He says, hey, guys, do you have a crystal ball? You don't even know what tomorrow's going to bring. He says, look, why, why, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life but a mist? I love that word miss because it reminds me, it's literally, it's literally the, um, the word picture in the Greek is really a, a, the morning fog. Picture like, uh, I love LBI. I mentioned LBI before. We go, we've been there every year since 2000, no, 1994, yeesh, since 1994. And the idea is, you know how you go to the beach in the morning and you go, oh man, it's cloudy out, it's foggy out. But then all of a sudden, the, the, the fog like melts away and all of a sudden it's like a beautiful sunny day. Don't you love that kind of day? Where you're on the beach because you want to get that tan going, you know? And, and that's what the word means here. It's like you're a mist. Your life is like that morning fog. It's here. It looks like, man, it looks like it's going to be like this. The whole day is going to be messed up. And all of a sudden it's beautiful. But now it's like we're applying it to our life where the life, you're you're fresh. You're healthy. Everything's going great on track. And poof, all of a sudden like that mist, it's, it's, you're, you're, you're vanish. And that's James is bringing us back to reality. This guy, again, he's like in your face. He's just bringing us back to reality, letting us know that whatever we do, whatever we do, we need to, we need to realize that we're not in control of our lives. Some of us want to be in control of our lives and it's just not the case. And even now when we make plans, nothing wrong with making a plan. Nothing wrong with making a profit. Nothing wrong with planning for this college or that relationship. But all he's saying is leave God in the equation. He wants us to get so much uh, out of life. He doesn't want to deny us any good thing. And we're going to talk about in the next... It's amazing what's in these little four verses, right? We're going to talk about then the steps to take, the principles to take to... to to know to make good decisions about life. A lot of us, a number of people came to me recently and said, how do I know the right decision to make? Because all of us are faced every day with these crazy decisions. And some of us are totally paralyzed. By it. We don't make any decision. That's not good. And then because we're fear involved. And God says, don't fear. Just, just trust me and, and then take that step of faith. And then some of us are... It's like we push ahead without thinking about, well, what does God think about this? What does he think? Because when you're with him, he doesn't want to, you know, he doesn't want to cheat us out of anything. He wants us to have so much. I brought this little, little orange, this little, I love these things during holiday time, clementines. Who likes clementines? All right, here you go. No, I'm joking. It's like he wants us to, to get so much out of this, you know, squeeze everything we can out of our lives and to be used for his glory and to enjoy life. It says he came to give us in John, in John 
<clears throat> excuse me, 10.10, I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. He wants us to squeeze every drop out of it. He wants us to have an amazing life, but he wants us to do it in his way. Because we don't do it in his way, we end up spoiling our lives and it won't go well for us or for other people. So here's the quickly to four, uh, <clears throat> how do we make good decisions about life and work? Throwing in work. Think about that. First is this. Um, <clears throat> you can follow along in your notes. <clears throat> the first thing is make uh, God's will the foundation for everything you do. And you're, it sounds so simple, right? Hello? That sounds so simple. Make God's will. And someone told me this. I really do believe it. Uh, in, John, in John 7, 17, Jesus, on the last day of the feast, which was Hanukkah, by the way, he said, listen. If you're willing to know who I am and know my will, if you're really willing to do what I say, you'll know whether I speak it's of God or if it's of some other crazy dude or whoever. You'll know. And one guy told me, he said, you know what? Know what God's will is? 90% of it is you being willing to say, I surrender. You being willing to say, yes. You being willing to say, no matter where you, what you want, no matter what you ask me to do, I'm going to do it because I know... I know you want me to get most out of this, which is life. I'm, you're going to quench my thirst. You're going to do, I'm willing. And a lot of us, though, we don't want to do that. The reason we don't want to do that is because we have that George Bailey moment where we want to do what we want to do. Because, hey, that, that 20000 bucks looks awfully good to me right now. And I'm afraid to ask you, God, because if I ask you what your will is, I'm afraid. What are we afraid of? <laughs> We're afraid he might take it away from us. We're afraid that he might make another decision that we're not going to like. And what that comes down to is really thinking, what kind of God do we have here? What kind of daddy, heavenly father do we have? Who, you know, he says, hey, I know how to give good gifts. You know how to give good gifts to your kids. You don't think I'm going to do this? So the first step in knowing God's will is being willing to know his will. 90%, someone told me that. And how else do we know God's will? And that's, you could have a whole series on this. But um, pray. Do you pray about it. You see these guys in James 4, they didn't pray about it. They just went, woof, they went right ahead and, and they just, you know, they, put, they, didn't, they didn't even pray about it. That's why James came down on that statement. Praying, seeking God's will, it says in Matthew 7, 7, you know, if you seek you know, you shall find. Knock and the door will be answered through ask and you shall receive. I mix those up, but you know, you get my point. Where it's like, it's like, you know, ask him. Seek, Lord, what should I do with this decision? What is it? You know, where do I go? When I was about to leave my job, which is crazy, my, my you know, secure job, making a lot more money. Sometimes God might call you to do something that looks like the anti-George Bailey moment. But he knows what he's talking about. Some of you right now, you might think, um, if you ever got a job that's over, upward mobile and offering you 10 times the amount, you might take it. But all he's saying is, don't, it's not bad to take it necessarily, but pray about it. Make sure you have all his will considered. Who knows? Some people I know, you know, they wanted to um, get married. They wanted to meet this special soulmate. And they ended up, they ended up um, getting a job and um, somewhere else, and they had to pray about it, and they didn't take the job. And you know that a month later, that special person came into that person's life. 
So that if they had taken the job, they would have had like a great position. They would have been over a bunch of people making more money. Down south, it's much easier to survive financially. Uh, some of you southerners could say amen. And, uh, you know, and, but they didn't. And their whole, their whole thing was about getting this relationship. And they said, oh, I'm so glad I didn't, I didn't just jump at it. I'm so glad I, I sought the whole counsel of God because I would have missed out on this amazing opportunity. God knows what he's doing, guys. All right? He's not going to leave you out in the cold. You just got to trust him. Be, you know, me too. Me too. Same thing. Third thing is, his, is um, what does his word say about it? A lot of us, you know... Um, we feel like we read God's word. Yeah, I've read that. I know everything. Well, guess what? God, God speaks daily uh, to us in his word through his spirit. His spirit illuminates the word so that the same thing you read once may not be the same thing you read a second time. Because God wants to meet you where you are at that particular point in your life. With that particular problem in your life is found in, in God's word. And go to his word. You know, that's that, there's a pioneer girls or whatever. My wife started this thing in the old church. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. How's the rest go? And a, light unto my path. and a light unto my path. You can't get around it. If you're not in his word, you're in the darkness. Right? There's no, you can't, you can't get around it. It's, it's either you're in it or you're not. And some of us, myself, you know, you could go online, by the way, at uversion.com. And we have uversion live here. You can follow the messages but you can go online and there's like a 30-day Bible reading plan. We want to get deeper in God's word because that's our lifeline to him. That's our lifeline to him. So youversion.com. And then the last thing is get wise counsel. There's a, there is an abundance. That scripture says there is an abundance of wisdom in many counselors. In other words, if you screw up on your own, the chances of you screwing up are going to be a lot less if you have like five or six godly people that you trust People that you know, that knows you and knows the situation. Go to these people, even though you may not want to hear what they say. And you may not even listen to what they say. It's cool. But you take all that in consideration. And then you make that decision. Take all that in consideration. Don't leave any of it out. So that's knowing the will of God. Make uh, God's will the foundation. And the second principle is this. That we see in these four verses in James. Is this. it says, recognize the root cause of planning apart from God. And we kind of talked about this before the last few weeks. Is the root cause of us not having God be part of the plan in our life. Is, uh, is basically James calls it, you, you presumptuous. It's sinful. He says in, in that verse uh, before, he says, listen guys. He said, um, as it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Many of us, we think we have it covered. We think that we don't need uh, God in our lives. We think because we're good at something, and there's nothing wrong with being good at something. I'm good at a couple things. I'm not great at anything, but I'm good at a couple things. But sometimes when we're good at something, we kind of think that we have it all under control. We kind of think, well, I did this myself. I, you know, I got this job and look what I did with this business. This is just going to be a cinch. We did this business over here. We, we, we were successful. Well, I'm just going to come over here and do the same thing over here. God calls that arrogant presumption. Uh, he calls it sin. James is calling it, it, it sin because we leave him out. And in our first week, we talked about the fact that, 
you know, we all want pleasure in our lives and we want to step over people to get the pleasure and we don't care. And, and God says, when you do that, you leave me out because I want to be that source. And so that's what's going on when we, when the root cause, really, the root cause of playing apart from God is that we're, we're proud, just like the devil. We want to do it ourselves. We want the glory for us. Look what I did, God. Look, 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 you know, you know what? I want to tell you something. A lot of churches can be like, a lot of pastors can be like that. You guard me. If I ever get like that, I want, I want one of you guys to come and, Victor, I want you to come and smack me a little bit. Because, you know, it's so easy to think that, that you're, and you are special in God's sight. But you're only special because you're connected to the vine, to the vine of, of, called Jesus. And the minute that we're disconnected from him, you're, you're, you know, we're just natural people bent toward screwing our own lives up. And that's what it's all about. And then the, the third principle is this in these verses is, and basically it goes back to our original premise, is um, <clears throat> don't believe the lie that upward mobile work and life opportunities are automatically, underlined automatically, the will of God. Because it's not automatically the will of God. It's so easy though I go back to that, you know, the, the, it's a wonderful life. You're sitting down in that chair with that big cigar. It looked like a good cigar. He said it was. And you think about it. And, and think about that tension in his life. This, this, this 28-year-old guy married. I want you to fill in the blank in your life right now. What is that? What is it in your life that, you know, there's a decision to be made. And... You know, Jesus and James, Jesus said, you know, and it's not, you can apply this to anything, but Jesus said, you can't serve both me and money. You cannot serve mammon, which is like wealth. You can't serve both. The kicker is, the amazing kicker with God, Christianity is such a paradox. And I'm still learning myself about the wonderful things about Jesus, is the very thing you look for on your own, you're not going to get. But the very thing you surrender to him, God gives it back to you in spades. That's an amazing principle. It takes faith to say, I give you my wealth. I give you my job. I give you this opportunity that, look, I, it's a no, God, why don't, not that you're not going to get, take it, but I'm giving it to you to do what you want with it. And then if it all makes sense, I'm going to go for it. But let's not be like, let's not be like the Israelites. And we taught a lesson on this back in January. Where remember the Ark of the Covenant. They were about to go to the promised land. There was like an amazing thing came back. And the, 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 um, the spies said, look, it's a land of milk and honey. Talk about upward mobile. They were living in a desert for 40 years. It's a land of milk and honey. There's all this stuff going on. And, and we're going to come in there. We're going to make a profit, basically. And here's what they did, though. If they, they, had the, they had the Ark of the Covenant before them, before they crossed the Jordan. Whenever the Israelites went into battle, they went in with the Ark. That's the presence of God before them. And that's the point. But when they didn't have the Ark of the Covenant, when they didn't have God in their life, when they, when they, went, when they thought they could go to battle in this thing, battle of, of war, but let's call it the battle of life, without God before them, they would lose 
and they lose horribly. And that's the whole point James is trying to make here. So um, we could devour. You know, I want to pray right now. And we're going to call uh, Tommy up to take the offering. And then the band's going to come up right now also. But I believe that God wants to touch our hearts here in special ways. And maybe some of us today, we want to know the will of God. But in all honesty, we don't even know God. In our hearts. We're not sure if we were to die today. We're not even sure that, that, that we're his child. And that's the starting point. Because he loves us so much. He, again, Christmas down and dirty is all about Jesus coming. Coming to die for us. For all the sins we did. For all the wrong and messed ups. And he's hanging on a cross bleeding for, for you. And he wants a relationship with you. It's all about relationship, right? It's not about church. It's not about this. And these are good things. But it's about knowing him and the wonderful love. And how can you know his will if you don't even know him? He's crying out to you, come home to me. Trust me. Don't be afraid. There's nothing to be afraid of. I I love you. I I died for you. I rose again for you. I'm coming back for you. So if you're one of those people today that maybe, maybe you're not sure about Jesus, why not surrender? What a, what a time to do. I did that myself a number of years back around the Christmas season. I wanted to, be, I wanted to know God. I was tired of um, living without him. I just said, you know, I'm tired. I want to know you. Why don't you just surrender? It's, it's okay. Give him your heart. There's three things you need to do for that. You just need to, to accept that, that Jesus died for you, that you're a sinner, believe, you know, you're, I think we could all agree on that one. And then believe that he died in your place. Believe that he, he, he is who he said he is. And that he, he loves you. And then the last thing is just confess that. Say, you know, not to be ashamed. That's what baptism is all about. I'm not ashamed of Jesus. You died for me, Lord. I'm, I'm going to stand up and say, hey, I believe in you. I don't care if the whole world knows. That's what it's all about.